Live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper, you are live from the path. Listening to live from the path, coming from the Pathway Studios here in Johnston proper. It's good to be with you this fine evening. There's no reason to know. There's no reason to breathe like that. Here we go. Here's what we got going on the show. Mike's I, disgusted. Yeah. So I got there's like two articles and advice, and then we're uh, cutting. We're cutting it. What? Two? Or, what, did you come up with something? What we're gonna do about that rapture article. No, okay, three articles maybe. All right, now go. We'll see what the right. Okay, so we're gonna hold on. Now I got to remind myself. There, <laughs> there was an article out there that uh, well, what's going to happen thirty seconds after the rapture. <laughs> it really depends on what side you're on. This is the same guy. You remember we read an article by Jeff Kinley. We did. The, the, the last dumb rapture article was about was was from this guy. Okay, we're gonna talk about it. What will happen thirty seconds after the rapture? Uh, and then we were going to, oh, Craig Rochelle. So, um, he's the guy, wh- where's he from? Life Church? Life Church. That's right. Uh, they do the Bible app, um, lifechurch.tv. That's, that's their, uh, that's their home base. So he lists five red flags. Christians for Christians are dating the wrong person. Got it. Ooh. Okay. So this feels like it should apply beyond dating this person. I, I feel like, wait, when's the last time any of us have been on a date? Just, just. I was. I, I was mean, on, I was on a, you're not, but you're not married to the person. Right. Okay. Okay. Scratch that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, last right. week. <laughs> Almost eleven years. Okay. Yeah. Just, just yeah. to put a line in the sand. The red flag. That's bad, right? That means bad things. Yes. Red okay. flag. I just checking. Is there any? Is there any sport or situation in which a red flag is good news? So there's. Okay. So there we have a chiller plant, right? No. If the red light is on, it you means everything's stop. good. If the green light is on, there's it means there's been a release of noxious gas and you shouldn't go in. I'm like, what? who the heck designed this thing? <laughs> Where's that? That's the worst. Where is that at? <laughs> at my workplace. Oh, and you oh, walk. I walk by it every like day, the and there's a red light on. I'm like, oh no! And then I read the sign. I'm like, oh okay, we're good to go. Wow, that's, that's against every single <laughs> yeah. thing you would think. Yeah. Right? Here's the thing: if there's ever an actual problem, we'll lose two people right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's okay. Super embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, those, that's this, that's going to end up like design fails twenty years from now. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, here's right. the thing: is uh, I mean, I read the sign and figured it out, and I suppose in an emergency, I might go bowling in there. But I mean, most people have been there working there a long time. I figure we could probably lose a little cream off the top of the milk. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like if you're dumb <laughs> enough to roll in there after reading that sign eighty-five times, I don't know. Yeah, actually, you know, it's interesting for a world that, that largely believes in natural selection. There's a lot of warning labels of which you could be like, you know. This should filter people out. Could have taken care of some. Yeah. yeah. There's no sure. reason to have. It's the same reason that like the the next time you run into the old uh, uh, JWs and uh, they're like, hey, uh, 144,000 people make it to heaven. I'm like, then what are you doing proselytizing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I'd keep that real Lowering close to the best, chances. man. <laughs> that, that's yeah. like, though, you, you always see new videos out of uh, Yellowstone of people taking pictures of buffalo. Oh, yeah. And then they get flung across the road because... Buffalo don't want you to go up there and say hello to them. Yeah. And there's all kinds of signs. Don't do it. Don't do it. And people are like, oh, what? what? I just this can't apply to me. They yeah. look friendly. Well, how many people have lost, world? like, have fall, either fallen in or lost a face to Old Yeller because they st- stick their goofball oh, nose man. in there? <laughs> and you're like, well, I mean, 
I mean, as a Christian, I think, well, that's too bad. But like, I believe just the broad scientific, you should be like, hey, man, this is uh, this is the filtering. This is how it, this is how it works. Yeah. We don't want that guy reproducing. I feel that way about jaywalking. I'm sorry, say it again. Like jaywalking, huh? like people that jaywalk. Why? I think you... you should give them a chance. If they want to frogger their way across there, I, it's a no fault situation. Oh, oh, you're for jaywalking. Yeah. But it's at your own peril. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying we should take people who jaywalk and burn their face in Old Yeller. No, that costs too much money. We don't have time for that. Yeah. But I, th- I think, I think if people want to jaywalk, then I, I think we, we get rid of the pedestrian walkways. Or we keep the pedestrian walkways, but anytime people are crossing it, in case it happens, something happens to them. Uh, and they say it's like this in other countries, right? Like uh, the United States is one of the only countries where um, the pedestrian gets the, the right of way. Like almost in every other country, especially uh, on the other side of the ocean, uh, the driver wins. Oh, they just run you over. Yeah. yeah. So if you step out in there and you walked in front of a car, it's your own fault. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I would say like uh, having been on, I've been in, the, in, in, in taxis or whatever in the streets of uh, Manila and uh, when we were in Ethiopia. And both of those, and you probably saw this in Zimbabwe, like like you're leaving the airport or whatever, there's probably a roundabout or trying to get on the main thoroughfare. And like, I mean, it is a free-for-all. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just no concern. Like, people are dodging in and out. It's like Pac-Man in there. In t- Taiwan, our, our our cab hit a bike, and they were all like, oh, no. And then he didn't even stop. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I was in my way. <laughs> I don't, yeah, we were. We, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was a rude awakening. There's just an arrogance to it to walk out as a human being. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there's, there's cars traveling at 40, 50 miles an hour, and you think to yourself, they'll stop for me. <laughs> I was just bold, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. It's a natural reset. We're like, uh, hey, that, that guy shouldn't run into me, and you get hit, and the police go, yeah, I man, you probably shouldn't have walked out there. I mean, that guy's got four wheels on you. I'm, yeah. I'm just, I think that, that maybe our current uh, cultural climate could just could do some good with some just a reality check, right? Like yeah. uh, these are consequences of actions, and then this is going to happen to you. And maybe we'll start with jaywalking. I thought that you know I, I was at a restaurant today and I ordered uh, a uh, a hamburger. It was like a pulled pork sandwich or whatever. But like I don't know my barbecue, but whatever the the two uh, teams of barbecue sauces, this was the one I didn't care for. Uh. One's got like some sass to it, vinegar. That's mm-hmm. not for me. I'm out on whatever the vinegar one is. Whatever the non-vinegar one is, that's my camp. And so anyway, it didn't say in the menu. So I ordered this thing, and I took a bite of it, and I didn't like it. And then uh, I thought the guy was going to come over and say, hey, uh, in fact, he did say, is everything all right? And I said, yeah, everything's fine. Because uh, what I didn't want him to do was go, oh, well, sh- sh- let me get you something else. And maybe he would have, and maybe that would have been great. But I thought, it's not his fault. Yeah. yeah. Like, I one, I could have asked. And two, sometimes you take a shot and lose. <laughs> right. And so, like... I, but then I thought that, like, I'm sure they get that all the time where someone goes, hey, I ordered this and I don't like it. Can I have something <laughs> no, else? Never, I'm like, well, never, sorry, never. man. Yeah. <laughs> we put all your choices up front for you to make an option, and then <laughs> right. you just went ahead and boldly went for it. Right. Like, you don't like jalapenos, and you ordered the jalapeno burger. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, like, it's, right. Like, I think it's all right that I just get, uh, I just got to deal with the fact that I didn't, I don't, I ate it. I mean, I ate the whole thing. I was, allowing, I was hungry. We're allowing people to live in some kind of fantasy world yeah. where things don't have consequences. And, like, once again, you can't get calluses without doing some work. Yeah. And so, like, we're just trying to, like, jettison people to the front of the line and say, look, uh, you know, the, the thing that you thought would happen or the choices that you made, they have some impact. So, like, you show up at 7.15 instead of 7. Yeah, when it's time to get rid of folks, you're the first one out to tour. I can't believe they let me go for 15 minutes. I can, because Scott was here at 7. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are natural consequences of 
of your behavior. Yes, that's interesting because like um, a lot of times we're trying to find a way to influence behavior in completely unnatural ways. Uh, like as an okay, as an example, uh, a, a lot of the the worst work motivation is when like someone, as opposed to just paying you more or going like like spot hundred bucks, hey, you did a great job. You're here for money. I'm gonna give you money as reward for you doing excellent. Or even just going, hey man, great job. They do all kinds of weird corporate stuff to try to make you feel better. Hey, like pizza party. That's right. We yeah. brought pizza, and there's a hug machine in the corner. I'm like, I don't come here for hugs. Like, yeah. This is I like. This is not my motivation. And so they get a bunch of inorganic consequences. But we also do our very best to suppress organic consequences that would actually teach you something in the negative, like something that goes, look, I don't want to do that behavior again, and so. I should just stop kind of acting this way. Like we suppress the, the right yeah. natural consequences that would bind you in and then provide weird inorganic or unnatural consequences as a positive motivation. It's weird. We, we probably need, I think every company needs a nun walking around with a ruler. Slapping it's like, well, that's not natural, Dan. Oh, the natural <laughs> consequence of being rude to someone on the phone isn't an angry nun who whips on you with a, with, with 12 inches of fury. Oh, but it'd be awesome. Yeah. Now, what they should do is like, uh, they should, uh, yeah, what would be the, uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, you're listening to Life of the Path. Here we go. I, so I'm going to, we're going to roll the dice. New research reveals that a majority of pastors think about stepping away from ministry are concerns that are concerned that Christians identify more with their political views than their faith. One of several factors causing church leaders to consider leaving their professions. So this is interesting. Primarily, we were talking just before the show started about how people, often like are, are, are pressured to deny things that they believe due to like outside pressures, whether it's a political belief system, whether it's because they're funded by people who have a way of thinking. And if you don't align to that way of thinking that maybe your livelihood is put at risk. And you know, what's interesting is I think Christians, you got to be cautious about this. Cause like every, Christians got this persecution mentality. Like they're after my faith. I can't just practice my faith, but I'm gonna tell you this. The same thing actually exists for someone if you're, like, agnostic to the whole thing. Like, if you're not bought into something, like, it still puts your thing at risk. Like, it's it's, it's a question if you don't follow kind of the prevailing thought of the day, especially when it comes to, like, your reactions to things that I would say are, like, true, true, that people are like, well, it could be not. Um, like, by not affirming some of those things, it puts your livelihood at risk. It puts your ability to feed your family. It puts your ability to to go further professionally. And so, like, uh, Christians, you're not the only ones in this bucket. And so uh, it's, it sounds like here one of the concerns is uh, as uh, pastors are having is, that, like, I'm, I'm thinking about stepping away from ministry because Christians are identifying more with outside views, th- things beyond their faith. P- faith is not the paramount. I would have I figured this the opposite. I guess I always had it in my mind that there were these—that the pastors were saddling more with a political party and using the pulpit to— you know, expound on you know political alliances opposed to uh, just the the gospel on its own. And this article is the complete opposite. That says pastors are just trying to run gospel, and like we can't get away from the Christians themselves in the in the pews going. Yeah. Hey man, there's certainly some of that out there. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think it's definitely a he said she said kind of yeah. situation. You know, mm-hmm. you definitely have I think equal from both sides. Yeah, it says uh, uh, Barna identified the immense. Oh, sorry, was it was that? No, yeah, you're good. Okay, good. Um, the immense stress of the job is the leading cause of pastor burnout. Stop it! <laughs> right? Just stop it! Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I'm going to be a pastor because I'm going into a world that nobody agrees with me. So now I'm going to quit because nobody agrees with me. <laughs> <What's> <laughs> that I want to be a pastor because I want to sit on my desk in an office yeah. for eight hours a day. Well, and not actually my thoughts. Seasoned yeah. Pastor Dan has zero Zero time for your complaints. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and play church. Leave me alone. I'm with you on that. But because here's the thing, Dan. Think about, you know, ignore ignore the um, uh, structural upkeep, building sure. and lawn mowing and whatever other things have to go on to keep the machine running. Yeah. Okay. Let's just talk about like the prime pastoral duties. If you if you weren't the pastor at your church today, how many of those things? Are, is a normal, regular, everyday, non-pastor Christian responsible for? All of them. Yeah. All of them. What do you, oh, well, you're bearing the burdens of people crapping on their own life? Done. Right? Like, uh, you're going to visit people in the hospital. Yes, of course. Like, you're, you're praying. You're doing Bible studies with people. You are encouraging people who are having a rough go of it. Like, w- how many of these things are like, do you get to let go of because you're no longer a professional? It's not your job. Yes. None. Yeah. None. Now, now, what is most likely is as a pastor, you just get a lot more of the randos. Like, the, the problems that are happening, someone could just show up with some sort of random business. Uh, and, and you're more likely to get the tap to run the wedding. Oh, or and something. there's more of them. Right. 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 And volume. There's, yeah. And the volume of it, I yes. would guess. Yeah. But Which, I mean, like, uh, Maybe I misunderstood what they're saying, but but it's like, can you see the apostles stopping? Because in the first century, well, it seems like all the leaders are going against us. So I'm just, we're just going to quit. Uh, well, the, I think they're, I think the primary pressure is what they're saying is, is that they're trying to encourage people to follow the faith, and they they find that their congregations they're are not listening. Yes, they're not listening, and they're being more driven by political persuasion or something else. Yeah, I mean, right? Yeah, is that's not new? That's that's yeah. yeah. That's- <laughs> that's humanity. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell me when that's not been the case. Uh, maybe it has been. I, I don't know. Yeah, stop it. Oh, here's the thing is, and this is especially true in America, is we believe ourselves special in every situation, right? Like, there's never been a country more divided. Every country has been divided like this that has fallen. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Every country has been here. We've never had such an opportunity when the culture was so against Jesus. Yes, we, t- yes, we certainly have. Yeah. The world has seen this many a time. God produced a deluge uh, last time, and it was trouble, <laughs> right? And so, like, like it, it, America's arrogance, like, it just, it astonishes me. It's like, they're like, I can't, the world's coming to an end, blah, 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 the Fed is going to what digital currency? It's like, you kidding me? There's people getting murdered on the daily in, in every poor country across the pond, and we're like, the end of the world's coming, it's digital currency. <laughs> I mean, we couldn't be any more blind to our own arrogance yeah. about the way, like, God's entire world operates. Mm-hmm. I, had, I was teaching an end times class, and, like, one of the, one of the, the, the comments from multiple people was like, yeah, but, but Ben, don't you think this is, this, these are the signs, like, things are getting worse. I said, look, let me tell you a story. It used to be that if in, in, in ancient Rome... Uh, someone got caught stealing or doing something they didn't like, they would put him in a sack and then they would put a, like a dog or a fox or some other squirrel or something. They would tie all of them in a sack and they would dump them in the river. And then as the fox and the cat or whatever start to drown, they start to claw the crap out of this guy that got tossed into the river and he drowns along with two other angry animals who are fighting for their life off his face. And you tell like, do we, and you telling me, you look back at that and you go, oh yeah, things are... Yeah. Things are way worse. I'm they're, not saying they're not bad in places. I'm just saying your relative currency made me bid. take my T-shirt off at work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> milk's milk's four fifty-seven. I mean, yeah. the end of days. 
Yeah, people people are finding new instruments of perversion and uh, more sly and subtle ways. The same ways. instruments of perversion. Well, no, but that's just what slicked up a little. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. The 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 perversion's always been the same. They're expressing it in different ways. The uh, the ability actually. We've actually toned down. It's it's much more manipulative our ability to use our somebody your power against someone else to force people to do something or for your own glory. Uh, they were just more open about it over time. Like that's it's become much more subtle um, in this day and age. But like I, I just I, I'm not buying I'm not buying it's worse. It's sames samesies. People have been acting like this yeah, forever. Oh, the yeah, third yeah. dude alive killed his brother. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. We got in three people. <laughs> four, whatever. Four, four guys. So he says, you know what? I, I, we've had enough. I'm going to kill him. So, so, so if I'm catching this article, right, okay, you got, uh, let, let's just say you're an overweight uh, pastor because you go to a lot of chicken dinners and stuff, and, and, and you don't, you're not eating very healthy, and, and you're going to quit because the people aren't listening to you, uh-huh. and you're going to go to your doctor who you've not listened to for the past 40 years who said, stop eating so much. <laughs> Right. But they should keep their job, yeah, right. even though you don't listen to them. <laughs> I, you know what? We're going to set up a, a dial a counseling session for pastors. We're just going to have them call Dan. Hey, man, I'm feeling overwhelmed by it. the burdens. Hey, I got time to listen to your crap today. Why don't you get back to work? I mean, you're human. Okay, I get it. There are times yep. you get discouraged. Like, why aren't people listening? I think, well, I don't listen either. Yeah, right. I mean, I'm saying I, I, I'm the guy. I'm the fat guy going to the doctor. And they're saying I've been telling you to lose weight for 40 years. I mean, yep. yeah, I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Every time. Hey, are you are you are you working out? Like, yeah, I got that membership still. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had that talk this week with yeah. my doctor. Are, are you exercising? No, no, nope, I'm not. Nope. You're on. Yeah. I, I do have a I have a Fitbit, and it tells me I walk. <laughs> are you working out? No. No. I don't think she should quit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel I feel lethargic, Doc. You don't say. Yeah. Because you don't listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I, I get it. The common the common things from pastors like, hey, it, it, it's lonely. Well, I mean, it, you can go on the treadmill. You've got to figure out how not to. It shouldn't be feeling isolated. Maybe right. you're doing it wrong. That seems possible. There's it, a uniqueness it, to it. Sure. But yeah, like, yeah. it can be done. I mean, we talk to people all the time that come in. My marriage is in trouble. Have you done what I said? No. Well. Why don't you go ahead and love your wife, and, and why don't you go ahead and submit to your husband? No, we don't want to do that. Okay, well then. Yeah, get out. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep telling you to do that, and yeah. your marriage is going to suck. Yeah. Yep. And I'm sorry. I can tell you how to fix it, just like my doctor could tell me how to fix everything else. Yep. Yep. It's not a reason to quit. It, may, may, it just means you maybe need to, to be more creative in how you teach, or maybe you need to figure something else. Yes. Um, it's both sides. I mean, would, do you, well, would you find it arrogant if, because I'm not a pastor, right? Would you find it arrogant if I said, look, I've I feel like I give the same advice to everybody, pastor or not. You're you're allowing this to sit on you and not roll up to Jesus where it belongs. Like you're wearing it as if it's your crown to wear. Yeah. And so yes. like like it, it, like th- there's a possibility this could be fixed or managed in a better spot if you just devoted more time with God between you and him, dumping off whatever stuff you think that you have to own. Yeah. I as a matter of fact, I think that's one of the risks. I think I've told you guys this story before, but I did an interview um, with somebody else's podcast and they were asking about, about being a pastor. And like, this was one of these, it's, it's uh, the, the guys I think are background reform guys. And so like, they're very high on like, what was your calling? Yeah. Uh, and there's almost like, um, there's a humility to it, but also there's kind of an arrogance to how they think about the pastorate. And like, I, I could, t- I just tell the, they were so disappointed in how I was answering these questions. Cause like, uh, cause like, 
well, what would you tell? Uh, what would you tell a pastor? What's your advice to this thing? And I'm like, well, I mean, I tell them the same thing I tell everybody else. <laughs> like, I don't know, follow Jesus, be faithful in the thing He called you to do. Like, I think these were basic <laughs> right. things. It's just that you just your expression of what it looks like to serve Jesus. Like, you have a, you have a responsibility and some clarity as to how to go about it. I actually think it's more of a wild west for the guy who's got to work at the office building. And so, like, I just I think it's a unique thing. It, it's a distinct thing. Um, but like, I, I think we're getting it wrong if we've if we've kind of overloaded it as if the problems of the pastorate aren't solved in the same way that the Christians who are otherwise executing the same broad work. It's so like if you think of uh, separate two primary things of pa- so pastoral work, like just be a normal Christian, and then CEO type of work. Okay, well CEOs seem to figure it out, and normal Christians seem to figure it out. And so like. Take whatever advice is applicable to you at the moment and go do that. Yeah. But it can't be like, oh, I got a giant burden upon me <laughs> because I, I swim in both worlds. <laughs> I think, yeah. 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 All right. Uh, they said, uh, let's see, asked to elaborate, said current political divisions have emerged as a source of stress, causing them to consider stepping away from full-time ministry. So here's the other thing I'd say. Uh, if, if you find that the people who you're trying to lead are primarily following political persuasion over the gospel, like, great, you've got a clear line on opportunity, my man. It's just like if I saw uh, my, my, my kids are having trouble with the sweets, and uh, I say you got to stay out of the sweets, and I catch them eating the sweets when they're not supposed to. They got a, they got a pudding cup or something, like, and they're at 11 o'clock at night. I don't go, well, all hell, and go back to bed. <laughs> They've bested me again. <laughs> like, like it's, just, it's just so stupid. I would go, now is the time that I jump in and reinforce what we were earlier talking about because there's clear evidence that we're missing the boat. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I get it's discouraging what if I've said had the pudding cup conversation 10 times and we're still doing it. Noted. But because I love these people uh, and it is my responsibility, uh, we're in for the long haul. Again. That, that, it's, 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 uh, dare I say laziness? <laughs> uh, kind of. <laughs> I, I, I tried four times. I guess I'm done. Yeah. Like, Try five. Try five. That's right. That's I'm, not, I'm not actually discouraged when I have to have those conversations with my kids. I'm incensed. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's not like I go, oh, man, I can't believe I got to have this conversation again. I go, where did you get that pudding? Go to bed now. Put it down. Right? I don't go. I'm not, like, disheveled after that conversation. I'm like, what kids? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, know, I know what the right thing to do is. I, I said it, and they're in trouble. That's yeah. it, you know? This goes back to the conversation we were having a few weeks ago, is that, like, pastors get some grit. Man, yeah. get some fortitude mm-hmm. that like if this is the work uh, and if like whatever, go back. And I don't mean to be super stereotypical on you, but I assume you've taught Jeremiah at some point or another. The man had no success. Yeah, none. <laughs> he was he had th- to eat his own words. That's right. He just is <laughs> r- r- ridiculous. And like to this day, for all the awesomeness, the things where God said, go say the thing. And he was obedient and said the thing to this day. We look at it like <laughs> it's crying prophet. Like this is how we refer to the man. And so like. I just—he's the best of us. That's that's he's the best, right? So like, I, and this isn't just a pastorate thing, but like, get some fortitude. Hey, people who aren't following Jesus are acting like they don't follow Jesus. Okay, people who are trying to follow Jesus are being dissuaded by other uh, sparkles in the wind. Yes, I believe that's what you're here for. Like, all these things are kind of your gig, and so like, if God said. I want you to go do this thing, then get some fortitude together and just know that like, if you're walking in it faithfully, God's happy with it. Even if the rest of the world is taking a whiz on top of it and just get some grit together. Uh, 47% of mainline pastors stated that Christians political partnership reflects poorly on the church. 
Uh, 42% of mainline pastors and 30% of non asserted that the church should be a place of peace, not division. That's shallow, fellas. Uh, we can do a little bit better than that. Uh, roughly equal shares of mainline and non-mainline Protestants reported the debates about racial justice issues have made it harder for me to lead. Again, if these are conversations people are having, get in on them. Yeah. Don't just throw your arms up in the air. Have the right ones. Repent where we need to repent. Say true things and call people to righteousness like you're supposed to anyway. Now, you just get the flavor. Here's the ice cream. <laughs> Uh, concerns that regardless of what I do, congregants are dissatisfied with my choices registered at 17% among mainline pastors. Yeah. Who gives a crap about that? Yeah. Now, hey, man, I hated that message. I don't care. Well, I didn't write it. <laughs> now, here's the thing. Are you sure you're not bad at what you do? <laughs> Is that because po- I mean no, that I, seems real possible. I, I think in this day and age, there are a lot of pastors who get into it for the wrong reason yeah. and who don't really have the the gifts and abilities that they need to be in the position that they're in. Yeah. But yet, you know, I mean, it's so hard in, in this day and age for churches to find somebody. They'll settle for, all right, let's, let's just throw this warm body in here and hope he does okay. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that's, we're seeing that, yeah. you know, in, in churches and in the church as a whole. Yeah. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. Let's say that's you. You listen to the podcast. And you say, you know what? I'm a pastor. I don't really have no idea what the heck I'm doing. I don't know how I got in here. They just needed a guy. Uh, so here's to first do no harm. You just show up and you're going to open up the Bible and you're going to read from it. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to say, let's pray over that part. And then you're going to read another piece. And then you're going to say, let's pray over that part. And then you're going to sit your uh, unqualified behind down and see if anybody else wants to pray over the stuff you just talked about <laughs> and that the Lord would do magical things with it. Because, like, uh, that's the thing. You don't expose your weakness. If you're not good at it, then don't do it. But I know, here's what I know is I know the word of the Lord, Lord is going to carry. I know the Holy Spirit is with uh, people, and I know that prayer is powerful. And so do stick to those things. And I'll tell you this. I think, I think uh, you're going to go from uh, 17% to 50. 50. Because some people aren't going to like the word of the Lord. That's between them and God. That's not your particular problem. <laughs> yeah, you should but, keep doing it. But like, right. if I went to a church and some guy goes, hey, I got very few skills, but check this out. I'm going to read what uh, James said, what the Holy Spirit said James should say. And then he goes, and that's what we're going to work with. I'd go, 50, yes, 100. You get my vote. Thumbs up. Yeah, right. What can could you imagine better? The complaint card is like, hey, man, I don't like what we went over on Sunday. Right. Well, well, I mean, can, can you imagine talking to the... 12 about what what this was like i mean all, all these guys who were fishermen and who were blue collar workers who were rough around the edges uh-huh. you know i mean can you imagine having this kind of conversation with them it's like dude i freaking fish for a living man you want me to go out here and talk to these people really? right you want me to start the church really uh-huh. that what no i you know really yep so yeah and just to hear that kind of things that we piss and moan about in you know current day life it's just it's insane yep all right, let's round up the list. More common stress, uh, sources of stress. Uh, let's see, Dan, what do you think? What's the top? This wasn't even the top. What What was the top one, common source of stress for pastors? Um, uh, uh, I'm going to say financial. Okay, financial. Mike, what do you think? I don't know. John? 100% agree, financial. Financial, okay. I mean, and, and I think there's, there's different sides to that because there's the one you have to keep people happy to keep your your pay yep. and you have to keep people happy to keep in the church. Mm-hmm. And also, you know, you, you obviously have your own finances to deal with Yep. if you know, yeah. And people yeah, leave, leave and you, you don't have your own finances. Well, then what are you going to do? Yep. Yep. It's tricky. Uh, let's see the, and round up the list. It said, actually the top one was lack of volunteers. 51%. Yeah. 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 Concerns about attendance. 
38%. Pastoral care responsibilities, 33. Financial concerns, there it was, 31. Demands of various programs and ministries, 25. Lack Wait of staff. You're, you're way over 100 here. Uh, no, the, the, it's not a pie chart, right? No, it's not a pie chart. <laughs> okay, got uh, it. Which is funny because, like, uh, it, it's kind of interesting. 50, only 51%, maybe. Well, I, I guess it would be source of stress. It depends. Anyway, comparison does. I was going to say, if, if the, big, the biggest concern is our volunteers, generally, and I go through those phases where, where, oh, man, nobody's doing anything, blah, blah, blah. But it always boils down to when you sit down and have a conversation with someone and ask yeah. them to do something, they'll do it. Right. Yeah. You know, right. So it goes back to laziness. Yeah, yeah right, 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 right. They need leadership into, into, into exactly. volunteering. Yeah. Like, you're not yeah. coercing them. They just figure yeah. that it's, you're not talking to them. Yeah. Or you've asked them to do the wrong thing because you don't know them. Mm-hmm. Right. So sit down and have a conversation. Hey, what, yeah. you know, oh, yep. this person loves to bake. Hey, we happen to have some baking, yes. you know, opportunities. Right. You know, I mean, oh, they'd we, love to, you we, know. We sit here and act, you know, like like we, we just expect these people to be able yeah. to read our minds. And, I'm an administrator. Oh, I, I need this. Why, why don't you know that I need this? <laughs> why did no one take out the garbage? No one yeah. take out the garbage. Right. And actually, if I have some encouragement, this is more on um, uh, the, the the business side of stuff. Uh, pastors, a lot of a lot of things you might be able to, to take some of this and roll it up to the fact that, like, hey, I mean, you're spread too thin, and you're doing a bunch of crap you don't want to do, like you don't like, like, and so like, find the stuff you want to do, the stuff that God's called you to do, and rock at that, uh, and then see if there's a, there's other people who can go do the other things that God has skilled them to go do, and so like just start, just it's okay to say. This is this is my weak spot, or I just flat out don't even like to do this. I don't like it. So uh, personally, I don't like uh, organizing. I hate it, and I'm not very good at it. And so, like, hey, I want to put a ministry together. I'll never do it. I just won't. I say, look, the Lord's if Lord wants to form a men's ministry. He's gonna have to tap a dude who isn't me, and he'll go do that. And then when the guy leaves or whatever, uh, I'm not gonna go find another guy. God's gonna have to find another guy. I just it's not for me, <laughs> and I'm okay <laughs> with that. Uh, but so somebody else will do it. There's, there's, we, we have a youth, youth thing at our church because God told two other people to go do it. And so that's what they did. And if they left, we'd probably go, look, you're going to have to, I mean, go to, go to somebody else's ministry or do it at home until someone else goes, yeah, God said. It's just because that's not my bag. And here's the deal. I got comfortable with that because I feel like it's God's church. And I'm not the only guy on the block. And he will take care of what he wants taken care of if People are faithfully listening. And if they don't, the church will suffer. But that's what happens when people don't listen to what God, when he tags them to go do stuff. So I'm okay with uh, not liking organizing. Once again, natural consequences. That's right. right. <laughs> that's you right. take these actions, this happens. Yep. Now, now, on the practical side, I also understand there are times you go through phases where you do get bogged down. And like you said, you're doing everything. You're doing stuff you shouldn't yep. be doing. And you don't know how to get out. And you're in this hole. And you dig yourself deeper. Some Every once in a while, you've just got to stop and reboot and just sit down and and write down five names of people around you and say, okay, I need to get help. And and mm-hmm. there are people who are there just waiting to be asked. So, so you got to force yourself to do it sometimes to get you right. out of that, if, if that is a big area of stress in your life. Well, and I mean, no, it, it not, but I've, I've seen situations where, you know, a pastor just has to drop it and let it not be done yeah, yeah. in order to get someone to step up to the plate and say, hey, why isn't this getting done? Well, do you want to help? Yeah, okay. You know, and it's, yeah, just to the fact of you, if people think, oh, someone else will do it, then... Yeah. yeah, it you, really is getting through those things without being totally emotionally involved in them. Yeah, yeah right. So, like, the truth yeah. is, is like one day you just don't go pick up the donuts, and then everybody's hot and heavy mad, and you're like, "Hey, man, where's all the donuts?" You're like, "Nobody picked them up." They're at the shop, right? <laughs> and you're like, "What do you mean nobody picked them up? Who usually gets them? I usually get them." 
but I was out of time today, and so nobody got the donuts, <laughs> you know, and with a big old smile on your face. Yeah. Like, yeah, without, yeah. like, yelling at everybody and getting all hot and bothered, and they'll right. be like, well, mm-hmm. crap, someone's going to have to get the donuts. Someone will go get them. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. That's right. All right, hey, you're listening to Live from the Path. Uh, next, we were going to talk about the what happens uh, 30 seconds after the, uh, after the rapture. Okay, uh, quick level set on theology here. Ben, rapture. What uh, is it? Uh, okay, so it's, it's, it's the belief that that there is uh, Jesus will return and he will remove the Christians out from the world. And then there will be a, what is probably like a literal thousand year thing um, of which uh, evil will just reign. Uh, and then Jesus will return. What I think it's a being a th- the third time uh, to otherwise shut down the operation. Gotcha. That's the belief of the rapture. So when there's, when, when, when things are at their worst, God's people come out and it leaves a, a left behind part. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Theolo- I, theologically, this is not a top belief in the room. Uh, no, no, I'm I'm no, out on no, the rapture, no, Dan. Nope, nope not okay. at all. Does yeah. not exist. John, yeah. yeah, out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I'm not. Uh, when yes, I, I think when when Jesus returns, he's he's returning for good, uh, and there will be there will be nothing like. And there's all kinds of reasons that that doesn't make any particular sense. Um, but yeah, we're out on that. So, but the the article is what's going to happen 30 seconds after the rapture. Uh, Jeff Kinley and Todd Hampson. Hampson? He should change his name. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's confusing. Host of the popular Prophecy Pros podcast. Oh, man. That means you're kind of gin up all kinds of prophecy stuff just to keep your podcast rolling. Yep. That's bad. Said the pre-tribulation rapture, an end times event many Christians believe will happen that involves believers both living and resurrected being lifted up into the air to meet Jesus will have a cataclysmic impact on the planet. I would I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> Kinley and Hampson stress that despite some Bible teachers claiming that the event is not in Scripture, they maintain that it is. The translated Except word... it's not there. It's not there. Harpazzo. <laughs> and the global event will impact geopolitics, culture, religions, and the psychological state of humanity. I would also assume so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that'll be true. Let's, let, now, here's where I... Let's just say I agree with them. Whenever Jesus does return, yes, all those things will be true. Uh, it's just not in the way that you're thinking. I think a lot of people have seen the rapture depicted in pop culture, whether it's the Left Behind movies or other really poorly made movies. The rapture has become kind of a caricature or the recent phenomenon where people who claim to be believers are literally saying the Bible doesn't teach rapture. (laughs) Yes, that's what I said. It is a key aspect of the Lord's return. Just like the first coming had two parts to it, the birth and then the ministry and the death and resurrection. So too, the Lord's return has two parts. And one of the ones that we wait for Titus tells us is our blessed hope. It's the rapture. It's something we're supposed to be encouraged by. Hampson said John 14, 1 to 3 are among the verses that highlight the coming rapture. Here's the, here's the quote. Jesus says, And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me so that where I am, you will be. Another translation says, I will receive you. Oh, yeah, that's, that's crystal clear. That's I will end. receive you. Sorry. Must mean a multi-stage return <laughs> in the air. <laughs> Is that not just Jesus returning and then coming back <laughs> yeah. once? I mean... I, I read, I was reading uh, on that M Times class, I, um, I was reading somebody who was, who, oh man, it was, it was a guy from the radio, like a radio guy said this, and he's like, one of the clearest places you're going to see talking about the rapture uh, was Revelation. I think it was four, I think it's Revelation 4, 1, 5, 1, something like that. 5, 1, probably. Uh, and it's, it's, it's John going, uh, and, I saw, and I looked up, and then I was immediately in heaven. And they're like, that's it. That's the rapture. I'm like, <laughs> That's the clear one. That's the option. That's the clearest. It was weird. It was weird. And and like, um, I think we might have covered this. Maybe maybe I'll come back to it and just go through the three reasons. Been uh, and probably the rest of the room doesn't think that there's a rapture. 
uh, we, we, and we'll hit the scriptures real quick because like it's just it's just a shallow shallow reading is all. Um, and like I get it, it's, it was popularized like Billy Graham taught it. Yeah. Um, and so and I get it. There's a um, the, the one of the main risks. I'm not actually so concerned about the the wrong parts of the theology, like the details of it, because like I'm, I'm sure I believe a wrong thing somewhere. I just don't know what it is. Right. But like um, it's the belief that when things start to get really bad, Christians leave and the rest of the world is left to its own. When every other posture of humanity, like Jesus looking at the rest of the world goes like when the rest of the world runs out, Christians run in. And so, like, it's it's a wrong thought process that, that, like, when humanity needs the hope of the Lord the most, the people who bring the hope of the Lord are gone. I'm not buying it. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make particular sense. Um, and then the rest of the scripture that we use to kind of build upon that is also, I think, just poorly interpreted. So I, I just, this is just weird. Here's the thing, is that, like, what, what would you, what would, uh, it'd be interesting to talk to some guys like this and, like, what do you lose if Jesus just comes back? Like, what if I, the thing I thought was true, which is, like, uh, there's nothing else to happen Jesus returns and the and the, the whole thing gets refined with fire. Like, yeah. what did we lose again? Oh, nothing. Okay, oh, well then. Also, he was pretty. I mean, it was pretty straightforward. I'm not spending a whole lot of time mulling this over. You yeah. know, like you're not gonna know when it's happening, and I mean, the details are vague and crazy. Uh, you know, why don't you just do the other things I asked you to do on the whole? Right. I told you that that there will be an end, so you can have, so you can see my circular pattern and saying, look, this will stop. This will come to an end. I will refine the world that I created. I will take back the things that sin has, has destroyed. I will repair all the broken. So, so like the, this evil or the deceiver doesn't actually get to win. So I have to destroy everything I made. I will redeem this like I redeem everything. Yeah, that's right. God created a world. He said, this is good. Satan cannot otherwise just like soil in such a way where God goes, I cannot retain it anymore. He goes, I will set it back to the good that I created it. So if all these things are true, right, then like. I mean, you really want to spend a podcast every week talking no. about this stuff? I mean, I, you know, no, go feed some people. Well, and like, and, and again, New Testament perspective, like every time they're talking about something that that can you can tell is aimed towards the future, just just wait, wait a sentence, wait a paragraph, it comes right back around and goes based upon that. Now, then, how shall we live? That's the concern. Is based upon the hope that you are able to have, the confidence in what Jesus is doing, that Yahweh is with the world yet. Now, what does that mean for my today? And so if your focus is primarily on the future thing and not now, then how shall we live? Then you're even misunderstanding why and how the biblical writers are using, like even bothering to point to that. Because most of the time, even even if we think about prophecy, was like 70% of the time, it's not talking about a future event. They right. said, Jesus gets uh, gets whooped around and they're like, prophesy, tell us who hit you. That's not a future item. That's looking back. There's, and, and like a prophet is a is it's someone who brings the message of God. Most of Elijah's discussions, Jeremiah's discussions, Isaiah's discussions, these are like sometimes it points to the future, but a lot of times all they're going is here's your current renderings. Here's how you're behaving, here's how it runs afoul of where God pointed you to. Like it's yeah. a word from God, not necessarily a future thing from God. And any future thing there is is the same thing as you and I would say, hey, if you keep treating your wife that way, she's going to leave. Yes, right. Right. You're not saying God thus saith they're going to I mean he's just saying, hey, if you don't repent here comes Babylon. This is the thing. That's exactly. <laughs> Here come the Assyrians, you know? Yep. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. He says, we know believers are, uh, oh, what do he say here? We know believers are going to go into the millennial kingdom. Unbelievers are going to have babies. And we know that in our glorified bodies, we can't do that. So you know what's interesting about this? God creates the world, and he says, I'm, I choose to use humans to take my good news into the world, to be the kingdom of priests, the folks who 
point humanity back to me, Yahweh. This this belief system basically says how God created to start is not sustainable, and it pulls everybody who would have been that witness out of the world. Again, I, I'm just not I, the pattern wise. It's not. It doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, and we know that in our glorified bodies, we can't do that. So if all believers are glorified at the rapture, at the end of the tribulation, then who's having these babies in the millennial kingdom? Certainly unbelievers are not coming into the millennial kingdom. So really the argument is between the pre-trib and the mid-trib. <laughs> the premise is even wrong. I don't care. Um, describing how non-Christians might react to the rapture. Okay, here we go. Uh, is this the 30 seconds? You're in a mall. You're at a football stadium. You're on uh, an airplane. On. Let me picture it. Okay, it's pictures. You're in a mall. Got it. You're in a football stadium. I'm in both places. Got it. Yeah. Dan, you're on an airplane. I'm on an airplane. Oh, yes. John, you're driving in your car. Okay. I'm walking down the street, school, and all of a sudden, scores of people just vanish from sight. No. I'm let's just own. Let's just say there are 100 million Christians on Earth, and those people instantly disappear from planet Earth. How is that going to impact the world? Okay. I mean, I'd freak out a little. Yeah, whatever. 100 million people could disappear from Africa right now, and I wouldn't know. That's true. <laughs> I'm just, this is poorly thought out. We've got like seven billion people living yeah. here. I mean, it matters. Don't hear me. It matters to me or whatever. But like, I mean, it, I wouldn't know. I just right. would not know. Right. Uh, yeah, you oh, would know the magnitude the of it. lately, <laughs> right? <laughs> you you'd locally feel like you lost like ten. You know, like for the circle of people that you actually know, you'd be like, I wonder what happened to those people. Yeah, yeah. They must be at the Piggly Wiggly. Yeah. They got the they got the COVID. <laughs> They're out. And granted, like they tend to fo- to go in families, right? So like you lose a whole family of unbelievers or of, of believers. You'd be like, I wonder what happened to the to the Bryansons. They're out. <laughs> yeah. Look at this guy. There will be some aside from unbelievers speculating and coming up with false assertions to try to understand why the rapture occurred. Hampson predicts there will be people who have heard the gospel before the rapture, and they will know that the rapture is a biblical event only after it has occurred. There'll be some people who are close enough to Christian teaching who will realize right off the bat, oh my gosh, this is the rapture that my sister was talking about, or my grandmother was telling me about, or that I used to make fun of. For Christians, Hampson said, it's important to evangelize and not to boast about the rapture to unbelievers. As we talk about this, the chaos that's going to be in the world afterward, we don't do that gleefully. God has given the church 2,000 years already to realize. Now, hold on a minute. Let me ask this question. Wouldn't the rapture relieve some earthly pressures? Yeah. Food, economic policy. Yeah. I'm just saying, uh, you, you you cut a million people out of here. A billion, take a billion. Let's just say one out of one out of eight. You cut a billion people. Only think. Uh, I'm not sure why that causes the chaos that they're talking about, except for the car accidents and the jaywalking and yeah, the yeah, stuff. a bunch of free cars. Right. I mean, well, I mean, you, you, if anything, I'd I'd say it would cause an infrastructure problem. I mean, look at how much COVID had just reduced everything as far as you know supply demand issues you know if all of a sudden you have a billion people gone out of the world you know how much less are you know people just you know not going to but work, you have not, a billion not, less consumers as well right mm-hmm. but uh, yeah so these if, companies still aren't producing things the way they did granted there's not the the demand, demand so, I, yeah, go so down. I, you know who would go I, down interstate battery Bunch of these people working. Chick Fil A would close immediately. Yeah. I mean, like, so, yeah, so I, I, I could, I could see it both ways. It, it could, you know, maybe even itself out, but also, yeah, still cause that weird infrastructure thing where it just, yeah, things are chaotic. Yeah. Until they even out. There'd be that know. one peg and Randy that works for Chick Fil A, right, and closed uh, forever. Yeah, closed on Rapture. He's so, just gonna be looking around, going, "Well, hot dang." Oddly, yeah. Hillsong will be going strong, and, and uh, no one's at the concert. <laughs> Oh, wait, did I say that? <laughs> Ouch. Wait. <laughs> wait a minute. 
All right, here we go. That's uh, 515. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. 517-0085. Let's use that live from the path complaint line. Say, now listen. Just After so I the rapture, Hillsong remains. Yeah. <laughs> you just start this week's with, listen, Dan. That way I know what you're calling about. 515-517-0085. That's call or text the live from the path, Bob Eisenhower complaint line. Uh, we'd love to be able to hear from you. Okay, last article, and then we're going to do some advice. During his sermon Sunday, Mega Church Pastor Craig Groeschel of the multi, who cares whether the multi campus? They're talking about red flags uh, when a, per- Chris, a person is a Christian is dating is not consistently pursuing Jesus. Mm-hmm. He says a lot of people here are kind of cultural Christians, and just because someone tells you, "I guess I'm a Christian," and I go to church on Christmas and Easter, doesn't mean they're a committed follower of Jesus. Uh, okay, here we go. Is there a? Oh, oh no, he's got them in separate list. Okay, first red flag is when the person a Christian is dating is not consistently pursuing Jesus. <laughs> That's the title of the article. <laughs> Isn't that all the flags? Uh, I mean, uh, hold on. <laughs> let me, let me give, let's give him the benefit of the doubt here. The man does good work. He's wearing a r- real ugly V-neck. Maybe he's going down. <laughs> Maybe they say multi-campus just because he's going to lose like five if he keeps this up. Groeschel clarified this doesn't mean they need to be perfect, but that they are on a journey to get to know Jesus and be conformed to his image. You think Mike, before? Oh, what'd you say? Before or after the rapture? That's before, definitely. Because yeah. he's pursuing Jesus. He didn't know where he went. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there wouldn't even be rectifying that. Okay. Mike, do you feel like if you were dating a lady, would you be comfortable saying, hey, I just want to get to know, know whether you're on a journey to get to know Jesus and be conformed to his image? No. How would you put it? I mean, here's the thing is I think you'd go out on a date and feel it out. And like, she's not interested in Jesus at all. Then I'd be like, well, I guess we're done here. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I did. I mean, I, I, I used to, when my, my wife and I started dating, she was not a, she was not a follower of Jesus. Agreed. And I was super, actually, uh, it's one of those things where I don't like to tell my kids that story because it gives them the wrong impression. I said, look, I'm, I'm fortunate, not wise right, in right. this area. That's right. God redeemed. Yes, that's right. Thing. That's right. But, but like, actually she even, she knew, she knew when we, when like the first time or two that we went out, she's like, would you ever marry someone who, who wasn't a Christian? And I said, no. I, I wouldn't uh, like for, and you wouldn't want to do that. Like that causes all kinds of marriage problems. And so, no, I, I wouldn't do that. And uh, whatever, we started going to church. Like there was a reaction. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've had that conversation with a girl, my first serious girlfriend. Um, and it isn't, doesn't have to be awkward. He kind of made it awkward. Uh, you just kind of, you, you can kind of, the things that come up in life, tell you if they're pursuing jesus or not yeah uh, the things that are important to them the priorities and actions and and uh you can say like hey man why, why do you do that and, and have you ever thought about uh you know church and, and yep and, you know i mean you don't have to be weird about it but it's pretty obvious if they're pursuing or not yeah so he says um watch where people's main focus lies if you meet someone and you're getting to know them and you spend some time in intimate conversation with them if you don't hear about jesus or you don't hear about their faith or you don't hear about god or you don't hear about their involvement in the church or you don't hear about their ministry within the first hour of talking to... i tell you this. I started dating a woman. The first thing she talks about is her ministry. I'm out. I'm, yeah, I'm cutting. I'm cutting. Yeah. I don't like that. I just don't like that term. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't put up with that another 50 years, so yeah, I'm out. I just say, it's, we started off on the wrong foot. Um, and that, he goes, that seems incredibly extreme, but you have to remember that people talk about first what they value most. Now, give people... Now, be cautious here, because... Um, 
it's not like people aren't aware that the things that they think, even if they feel very strongly about them, may not be taken in well. And so there is a softening of as relationships grow deeper, they people tend to start taking you in holistically. They say, well, he's not he's not crazy, but he also, uh, you know, only eats hamburgers if they're purchased from Peru. And that's it. And they're like, you don't start off with that, even if you're super yeah. passionate about it. Yeah. And yeah so, yeah. you know, take it easy. It comes up like, hey, you want to do something Thursday? Oh, that's when I have small group Bible study. Yeah, yes. right. Like, oh, that's, oh, you do that, huh? Peruvian yeah. oh, hamburger yeah. night. Yeah, <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> um, okay. Boy, they, I mean, they could have made. Okay. The second red flag is to look out for is if a believer's devout Christian family, friends, and other loved ones disapprove of their dating relationship. It says, when those around you that you really trust, oh, so if you're trying to date someone and everybody in your family, close friends or whatever, who are Jesus people go, hey, man, that's not the, that's not the right person for you. Yeah. I hate, to, I hate to mention it. You ever had to do that? Yeah. How did it go? Poorly. Eventually, the advice was, was heated. Okay. It came around. John, have you had to do that? Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I don't have a great relationship with my in-laws. Okay, right. Um, it's, it's gotten better over the last 10 years. Yep. But- um, it started off very, very poorly, and um, my wife is a Christian. I met her at Bible college, but yep. her her parents and her the rest of her family do not put a whole lot of stock in that. Yep, yep. And you know, in their their faith, and uh, so yeah, so it was. It was the opposite was, problem. They're like, yeah, it, it was they they didn't want her with me. Oh, at all. okay, uh, okay. You know, I mean, she was very devout in her faith, and you know, I think. I am too. And yep. so I think we, obviously we've been married for almost 11 years now. So it's, you know, doing something right. Yep. At least thus far. But, uh, but yeah, it was, yeah, I, I found myself on the other, other side of that. And it, it was our, our wedding day was ugly, you hmm. know, and my wife came home from buying her, uh, wedding dress crying or came back to campus, I should say yep. crying because her mom you know, insisted on continuing to try to talk her out of going through with our wedding. And Dang. Yeah, it was it was, it was a mess. Yeah, yeah that's, days. that's 100%. a mess. That makes Thanksgiving a little weird. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm going up there on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But like I said, things have gotten better over the last 10 years. Yep. They're just still not perfect. But Okay. Yeah, yeah, man, I you know, I, I get it that you think you know someone just so much better and no one else understands them, but like, it's 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 possible, but not super likely. And so, yeah, I here's the thing: is it's a there's a level of arrogance to it, and there's also a man. You just don't understand our love. Our love is like no other love. That's like every other love. Here's the thing, man: you just ain't as special as you think you are. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like God laid out what this looks like, right? And so, like uh, people just assume that their thing is is different than everybody else's uh, in the way that God has set up marriage in general right or the relationships in general they're like you just don't know how he makes you feel yeah i i, I bet i do i bet i got a good idea yep. about this yep. you know and so i i think it's just just people want something to be true so badly that they're willing to turn blind eyes you know to a lot of different situations be like well you know everybody's got a little bit of stuff that they don't you know that they have trouble with their spouse but for the most part like 60 percent, we're pretty good i'm like man yeah. yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and we're not again. We're not talking about just like anybody, right? And we're, I, I don't even care whether they're your family. We're talking about people that you know are like faithful, humble followers of Jesus who go. Uh, mm. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's what you're saying is you're saying that like you're not pitting um, 
if you're not just presuming that they don't have a line on something, it's being willing to know that you might be you might be blind. Yeah. It's a humility. It's a humility issue. I mean, and here's the thing: if I would honestly recommend something for you, like there's a possibility you got to take your dad out of the equation. He don't want you to marry nobody. You know, as far as your old man is concerned, uh, <laughs> as, if you're a daughter of mine, for example, yeah. uh, if you could just stay out of this entire situation, I'd be a happier man. Yeah, I'm gonna like. I'm gonna dislike. Whatever slack jawed donkey you come home with. Most slack jawed donkeys. Now yeah. you find me a guy that smells like Jesus. I'll roll out some carpet. We'll get this thing moving. <laughs> but like it, it's, I mean, some parents have a harder time letting go, and their standards are ridiculous and hard to meet. Now, now, Dan, you've had two two ladies find fellas. Mm-hmm. Did you? Were those hurdles you had to get over? Or do you feel like uh, it was it was pretty easy for you? You know, I prayed for them literally, literally since before they were born for this specific issue, and and it, it, it I had green lights with both of them, and you know I just had no issues. Nice. I mean, they're not, you know, they're they're guys, right? I mean, they're 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 human beings. I'm sure they're not perfect, but but I uh, we love them. That they're uh, we, we were in full support, um, even out of the gate, you out of the gate. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Dan's got a line on it. What if you haven't prayed for them since before they were born, Dan? Let's say they're a little older now. Well, Is it too late pray. to start I mean, praying for them? Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, it appears that what you're saying is it's the amount of time of prayer you've put in that has really helped. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I probably should be careful how you say that. I mean, I, I don't know how often you have to pray or how long you have to pray, but uh, I think if if you are praying about it and not just trying to, to, to get a hunch, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, I don't like his hair, you know, whatever— um, and we prayed when they began dating and when mm-hmm. they, you know, those first initial few weeks and months and, and, and had conversations with them and, and they had with us uh, about things that, that we could kind of give guidance to. And, um, I don't know, it was, it was, uh, with, with both of them, we were, we were very pleased. Also, we kind of would step back thing is it's not our choice, right? Right. So, so I, I, I wasn't going to be the one to say you can't, you shouldn't, I, I mean, I, there were probably people in the past were like, "Well, that's probably not the person," you know, right? You know, but, but I don't know if I ever said it because they never got they, they figured it out. Yeah, you know? right, right. Um, and if they were getting married, I might have said it initially. Like, have you thought about this? This, this year's red flags. I was, I would say it that way. Here's some red flags. What have you, have you considered that? Um, and then you trust them. Yeah. You, you know, what do you do? What do you do? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and actually, we don't have one of those situations where, like, all, you remember very clearly mm-hmm. in laws not liking you. It's like mm-hmm. we didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I, I think one of the things by by praying um, in the way that you have, Dan, like it 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 it, it prepares you for yeah. it. It, yeah, it, yeah. it didn't mean that God did a mad, like magically grew a man somewhere. Right. It prepares your heart to say. I'm not looking forward to a time where I'm trying to play defense. Right. I'm preparing my heart and mind, and God is working through me to go, when the right guy comes along, like you're going to recognize it because that's the thing you were praying for. Just like as you sometimes you pray for something, and something that seems innocuous to somebody else sticks out for you. Yeah. That, now, that makes sense we, to me. We pray for future boyfriends, not knowing how many they would have before marriage, just just for certain things about them, that they, they would, would, would have a— godly role models in their lives to know how to be a man and you know things like that there was, there was yep. a pretty in-depth list of things we prayed regularly for boy dan's praying into the bench 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't even need it. I'm not asking for a godly man. I want his dad to be a godly man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Because that's where they learn, yep. you know? And um, so definitely, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Uh, third red flag is if people aren't experiencing healthy conflict with the person they're dating. He says, this is not saying that you won't fight. You will fight with the person you're dating, and you will fight with the person you're married to. It's not if you fight, but it's how you fight that really, really matters. Okay, I would say, I mean, 80% of the marriage has got a red flag in it. People don't know how to fight right. Mm-hmm. It's, and, and, like, I actually, I, I, I'm a poor marriage counselor. Other people should do it. But, like, that's the one thing, one of the things that I would say uh, is that, like, you guys got to know, you got to be prepared to fight well. Just know you're going to do it. Know how your parents fought. And don't do that because uh, whatever it is, like you're, you're going to use it in, incorrectly and uh, like just set some ground rules. Do it topless. I don't care how you got to do it to keep it healthy. Mm. But like, hmm. I mean, you got you <laughs> got to learn to do it. I was praying for these boyfriends for such a long time. I missed this topless fighting thing. <laughs> Shoot. Can I go start an argument? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. So I'm not sure this is a red flag that you can't proceed, but it is a thing that you need to figure out. Right. You know, I mean, I guess personally, that's this one thing that I guess I would say almost drives me insane about my wife is she is such a pacifist and a quiet person that she, she would rather just shut down and not have an argument. Mm-hmm. And it's like me, you know, if, if I say something she doesn't agree with, I can tell something bothers her, but yet she won't actually say anything. So it's like me pulling teeth, yep. getting her to talk to me to, to hash this out. Yep. And it's like... Come on, I you know, and and there are times where she says something that ticks me off, and I'm all I'm you know all in it. I'm just like, yeah. no, 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 let's figure this out, you know, and and she just <laughs> backs off, and it's just like you know, sometimes you just you need to have that yep. ability to have yeah. that conversation, and if it's not there, it's oh, it's and that's definitely something I've had to learn over the last you know ten and a half years, time, yep. you know, sure. figure out. So again, yeah, like you said, I don't think it's really necessary the the red flag that disqualifies everything, but yeah, there's there's some learning that has to be involved there. Yeah, I, he's, one of the things he says here is healthy couples tend to fight fair. I'm going to tell you this. Healthy couples eventually fight fair. And I don't mean like in the first year of the marriage onto the 20th year. I mean sometimes within the notion of an argument. You will come around to have getting to the place where you fought fair. But most, most arguments become arguments and not just comments because somebody didn't fight fair on the second response. And then it'll – but like – uh, the more you're married, I think the better you get. The more you recognize problems that you don't want to particularly have, you choose the path of patience um, and, and, and grace, and then the stuff doesn't last as long, and you get to the end a lot faster. That's glory. Uh, but uh, but I, I, don't, I don't even think that it's right to think that uh, healthy couples always fight, always fight fair. I think they just come to a point of fairness quicker. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's a skill yeah. that does take time to learn to fight right. pretty fair. Well, because like, and some of it's unique to who you're dealing with. Like, you have to know your partner, uh, and you recognize um, when you're not fighting fair, which might be a totally fair thing to do in a different situation with a different person. But like, like especially if you're dealing with someone who's who's a who's a pacifist, then like, um, you ending an argument just like um, forcefully um, or firmly, like it'll end with them, but like you actually didn't fight fair because you knew that they wouldn't fight back. And so like part of what you want to do is actually allow our iron to sharpen iron, not marshmallow to iron. And so you got to try to encourage them and say, look, I want you as opposed to shutting the thing down, encourage them to participate in something that they don't want to participate in so that you can actually grow from it, which is difficult. And just like, you know, if you're a pacifist that you bowing out, that's not fighting fair. 
because that's not getting to a place of resolution. That's you just trying to avoid a situation that you don't want to be in, and that doesn't serve your partner very well. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Uh, what was it? Got two more? Goodness me. Red flag number four. If someone is consistently worried that they cannot trust the person they are dating. Maybe he's always sliding up into girls' DMs, and she's <laughs> always snapping old boyfriends. Or he's liking every bikini pic of everybody that's not you. I mean, I wouldn't get away with one. Yeah. I don't know that I need a pattern here. Like, yeah. I don't think so, boss. You can't trust him. It's over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a red flag. I'm with you. There may be a reason. If there's a reason, you need to pay attention to that. He said, or it could be that you're the problem. could be that you're o- overly possessive or too insecure. I mean, maybe. But, I mean, none of these examples you gave me, I would blame on the other person. I'd be like, hey, <laughs> you can't send no, P- no DMs. No snapping old boyfriends and no liking bikini pics. What kind of arrogant doofus is out there actually physically liking bikini pics? Well, you'd be surprised. No kidding. <laughs> That's wrong. I, I'm so kind of surprised. Uh, uh, yeah, pictures people will post on social media like, like, I don't, I can't like that because that would be like lecherous. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like just uh, ignore, just keep going, yeah, scroll. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enjoying the day at the beach. I mean, okay. Uh, Leave it there. Yeah. <laughs> the f- final and most important red flag, he said, is if a Christian is not growing spiritually alongside the person they are dating. It's a warning when the person you're dating is leading you away from Jesus instead of closer to Jesus. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Any, any relationship, any friend. Yeah, friend. yeah, yeah, totally. Dating. Well, yeah. Right, yeah, right. It's just any close relationship in which yeah. you have influence or, or being influenced. Like, as, are, they, are you getting closer to Jesus through this thing or are you getting farther away? Yeah. yeah okay. All right. Uh, maybe, hey, do you have any more? Maybe you got some more. You're like, hey, you got to watch out for this thing. This is the thing I told my kid. This is the thing I uh, my dad warned me about and I ignored. Whatever. Let us know. Live from the path, uh, Bob Eisenhower Complaint Line, 515-517-0085. Call or text. We would love to hear from you and uh, and get your, uh, I don't know. I'd just be interested if you got any more flags. Unless they have to do with the rapture. Then I, I don't care. Then we don't care. Yeah, you call You call the prophecy pros. 888-WE-AIN'T-GONNA-BE-HERE. 30 minutes after it happens. I got, I lost it. Mike, you're up. Wow. Dear life from the past. (laughs) (laughs) My strongest quotes. Love language is physical touch for 23 years. My husband gave hugs galore to any and every woman, but never to me. The word never is not an exaggeration. What? He has recently begun to change and try to be better. Now he does hug me as much as I want, but when he hugs other women, it still feels like a knife through my heart. He says the hugs mean nothing to him. But I question why, if they were so insignificant, he couldn't give me one or one for more than two decades. How do I get over feeling hurt when he hugs other women? Is there something wrong with my perspective on this? I'm not sure if I'm too being too sensitive. Hold on, I just want to reset the scene to make sure I got it right. Married for 20 years. 23 years. 23 years. Doesn't hug his wife. Ever. Two decades worth. Hugs other ladies. Constantly. No, she's not overreacting. Not no. at all. Now, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is there any possibility, any acceptable situation that you can think of, of which she might be causing this? You smell bad. She has, she has a funk. Got the bow. Okay. She's, yeah. She didn't mention it. She wears very spiky clothing. Okay. Yeah. She's got a skin, skin condition. Are they having, like, are you having intimate relations? <laughs> you mean like I think a, she'd be bringing that up because that's. That's part of physical touch too, but right. part of physical touch is just also just yeah, just the the. I mean, the band's a wizard. No, I don't know how he's pulling <laughs> this off. Right. Yeah, I, 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 how do you not hug your wife? I just I. 
I don't know. Doesn't that seem like a real awkward thing to say no to? She goes in for one. He's like, nah. Yeah, yeah I'm good. See you, bro. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, Bye, what if they're Felicia. doing the old full embrace? You're saying like you, this none of that even counts? I, I don't understand how you first of all, you have are not hugging your wife. Uh, or you don't need a hug from your wife. Right? Like that fit there uh, the physical exchange of a hug, it's a God designed thing, right? It does something. Yeah. It's not an innocuous nothing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not the same as a handshake. And so the fact that the man has not needed a hug in 20 years, I find suspicious. Well, he's hugging other ladies. And he's hugging people. Yeah, yeah but I, I mean, think of it from her perspective. Like, assume the dude goes to work during the day. Like, I assume when she says hugging other ladies, it's like when they go out for or, or during family functions. Or like, I mean, how many people do I hug, actually? You know? Six. It's it maybe six. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I have a select few friends that you know will hug when we meet or you know say goodbye or whatever. But yeah, I mean, not not a it lot. It ain't more than ten, right? No. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I think there were times doing sit up and tear down. I would hug Mike just because I knew he hated it. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was the most beautiful, awkward moment. <laughs> oh, you just looked like your your skin was crawling. It was horrible. Oh, I loved it. <laughs> Sometimes I'd pee my that. pants hoping Dan would leave. <laughs> Dan <He's> undeterred. <laughs> Dan will not be dissuaded. <laughs> no. Okay. Look at this. Look at this. Watch this. I'd have people watch. <laughs> Uh, okay, so it, it's e- it, not evil. It, it, it's what am I trying to say? It, it is. It is a, a. It is a dagger to her heart to see her him yeah. hug other people. Yeah. Um, I want to. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. What? What? What kind of hug? A front on, sideways, the arm. You know. I mean, what? I don't know if it even matters, but but like she doesn't really. You know, it's. Not even a side. I mean, you don't ever just saddle up to your wife while she's at the stove, give her the side hugs. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know about this. I don't think you're being too sensitive. If that's the question, I think something's afoot because this none of this sounds right. Mm-hmm. But but it says he's doing it now. Some. What does it say? She's kind of, he's improving. I mean, here's the thing: is like I'm willing to give some level of husbandry a pass for not understanding exactly what your wife may or may not want. Right? <gasps> there's some there's some foggy areas in there. But the fact that you cannot tell that your wife needs your hug affection and the fact that you are not seeking your wife's hug affection for your own uh existence that's just suspicious as all get out right him. i mean it would be one thing if he just wouldn't hug anybody right. yeah that would be one thing yeah, i'm just not a hug yeah, yeah, yeah but it's if a real hugging, gilbert great great kind of character right you know right. if he's you know sheldon over here just don't touch me you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Lysol bottle you know it's just that that would be one that but yeah if he's over there yeah that's that's that seems yeah red flag Agreed. So. He's causing her to dry on the vine. Yes. And he's a dry vine? Once again, I mean, like, let's say let's say the man's not cheating on his wife, which I'm finding harder and harder to believe at this point. Mm-hmm. But, like, can random hugs to, let's say, the ten people that you would hug, uh, women, for sure, I guess, uh, fulfill you enough that, like, through your steady Eddie home life, you're not going in for a hug for any reason? Some I don't like this. I think the dude's fishy. No, I, something's not right about this story either. Mm-hmm. Like, are you telling me they like natural course? There's no way. I think she's. I think she's jealous that he's hugging people. I think he should stop hugging people. Um, but I don't. I'm not buying. I, I know she reiterated the never, but I'm not buying the never. Yeah. But I guess here's what I'm missing. Here's like, t- when did you talk about it? Like you have got to be able to say I've I've discussed it with him uh-huh. over twenty years 
Yeah, it's a hug. Such and he a said, fundamental interaction that you're like, I should not have to explain why I need a hug. No, I I want to know what he said. I want to know when she said, "Hey, man, uh, we've been dating for X months. Why won't you hug me? We've been married for two years. What's with the not hugging? Why are you willing to hug Janet uh, and Barb, but not me? Like, what did he say?" I like I'm missing a very like, like, you it had to have come up. It had yeah, to have I mean, come up. Yeah, something just doesn't add up. Yeah. The entire thing. Yeah. So you we we're saying that uh based on the story that you've told, it's there's there's not enough information to be able to help you because either you're gonna have to admit that you never brought this up and neither did he. Uh and that you're when you say that you haven't hugged and there was went twenty years went by, I mean, nobody's grandma died. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. no, no, no fight with your best friend on the phone, and your husband give you a hug afterwards. You know what I'm saying? Like, your kids weren't staying out later than they should have, and you were freaked out about it. Like, this dude had no physical reaction to any of those situations. Right. You're, you're telling me this Clark Gable has got away with two things. One, he never hugs his wife. Like, she goes in for a hug, and he just walks away, and yet he still maintains his relationship. And two, she's asked him about it, and he also walked away from that conversation unscathed i'm not i'm just not buying it there's just, mm. there's just another one of those why don't you know i need this yeah situations okay so let's see what secular says secular okay. says the question was I'm, i want to make sure i'm not being too sensitive secular says too sensitive there is nothing wrong with your quotes perspective for 23 years your passive aggressive husband chose to withhold the gesture of affection you requested while showering other women with it it's nice that he's finally willing to make the effort to hug you, but frankly, it seems a bit late. It may take a therapist to help work through your justified hurt and anger over this. My advice is to start now. So her advice is, you need you need therapy. This is messed up. Yeah, I if 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 she the perspective she's saying is true, and somehow this guy has behaved this way for years, then yeah, he's a manipulative turd. I'm with, I'm with, I'm agreeing on that, mm-hmm. but like, uh, I just, I'm just shy of one, even just one. When I asked him about it, he said, what? Like, it just, there has to be a context to it. Interesting. I don't like hugging you. Okay. Well then, then I know what we're dealing with. Hmm. I like hugging Jet. <laughs> okay. we got time for one more. It's a married, another marriage issue. Yeah. Let's have it. Dear life from the path. I married for the second time, two years ago to a younger woman. Seven months after our wedding, she announced she didn't like any like my dominating personality, which is why she was stepping out of the marriage. She then went back to her deadbeat ex-boyfriend for six months. I went for counseling and have made a major change in how I treat, talk, and make decisions with her. I love my wife with all my heart. I want to protect our marriage and move forward from the affair. Our second anniversary is approaching, but she has been interacting with other men. She takes her daughter with another man on play dates, along with his daughter, and goes to the park with another man for three hours. He was a single dad having a barbecue. The third one is a guy she goes with to the park. Splash pads, public swimming pool, and a water slide park. They text each other often. One guy is a married stay-at-home dad. He has cheated on his wife before. Am I wrong to think that this is unacceptable for a married woman? Any advice would be absolutely appreciated. How old are you, dude? I'm married for the second time two years ago to a younger woman. Seven months in... She decided he was domineering and terrible. He uh, went to therapy and agreed he was domineering and terrible, and now he's changed a bunch of his ways. Now she's hanging out with a bunch of dudes. Wait, did they get back together? 
Well, yeah. So, yeah where, where was that? Is she in an apartment or yeah? What's so, yeah? She she cheated on him. Yep. And then they got back together. Oh. Oh, so she ran off to her ex boyfriend. Yeah, the marriage still happened. Back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but she what? still hangs out with other dudes. A lot of other dudes. Yeah. What's his question? Uh, am I wrong to think that that this is unacceptable for a married woman? Uh, Hanging out with a bunch of other dudes? No, that's not wrong. No, it is unacceptable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I kind of like. I'm not convinced that you uh, are Johnny changed his ways yet. Yeah. Why aren't you mm-hmm. going to this barbecue? Where are you at, fella? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, if she, the bounds of normal marriage would say. Uh, no, you don't get to uh, get the full embrace from somebody else. <laughs> She's probably hugging that other cat <laughs> coming, yeah. to, coming to the barbecue. Um, yeah, no, no, it's not out of bounds. Um, I mean, does she know you're back together? <laughs> uh, you I, I kind of went through my mind. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're back together. I completed counseling. Everything's right as rain. Like this kind of gives off the vibe that he doesn't realize how much of a egotistical uh, lizard he was. And so he's like, okay, check that. I got it done. I, I went to counseling and now we're good to go. When she didn't actually come back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Uh, yeah, I mean, we can only speak to this from uh, the way that God designed a man and a woman to interact, right? But oh, there's there's like 10 parts of this that are not right. Uh, both of you could understand God's perspective on marriage a little bit more. I counseling is not out of the question, but like right now you're not in a functional marriage, buddy. Uh, it seems like she cheated on you. You assume you're still married, but she's acting like she has hanging out with five different dudes. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't seek the, the company of solo women ever yeah. because my wife is more than enough, right? It's, it's like, she fills that entire role for me. Now, does that mean that like, if I'm going to, if I'm dropping my kids off or taking my kids to a party and there's a single mom there that I'm like going to turn around and run and hide. No, because there's no risk for me because my wife covers all of this for me. Our, that's, that's what God created the relationship for. And so, but you're saying that if you're worried about it, then you know, something's already up. Yeah. So that you're, yeah, you're, you're in big trouble friend. And it sounds like you're a bit of a turd. I can't quite check. To, I can't get the whole gist of it. You said a lot of uh, iffy things about your wife, and then casually skip packed exactly what your dominating personality means. But I'm sure it's not great. <laughs> okay, you want secular? Yeah, I don't know. Anybody else? Any other uh, advice for this man? Good, Phyllis. I, I, <laughs> it, it it seems like another inconclusive to me. Is just, there's yeah, there's obviously more more going on behind the scenes that. We, we don't have or that we're not privy to information of i think this is how everybody tells the story though yeah, exactly it's, yeah. it's always one-sided you know there's always two sides to a story you know because we're not we're not hearing how he's engaging the relationship he's assuming right. they're back together but she's definitely not engaging the yeah. relationship yeah. She's, she's moved on yeah and she takes her daughter with another man on play dates along with his daughter i mean uh, not our daughter right so like she brought mm-hmm. a kid into the relationship and i don't know that you're owning that either uh, just by the way that you're explaining this. Mm-hmm. And once again, like if there's barbecues going on that you that the kid goes to, I don't know why you're not going, Mr. Family Man, Mr. I'm involved in this marriage. I don't know. My wife don't go nowhere without me apart from when I'm at work. Other than mm-hmm. that, wherever my family goes, I'm going because it's my family. <laughs> we go places together. That's mm-hmm. what makes us noticeable as a family. 
because he he gives interesting details. Like, does it matter that she's younger, or is that part of the issue? Right. He's not entertaining her enough, or whatever. He doesn't feel like going to the pool, so she has to go with other people, or. Um, yeah, right. She's like, "Hey, well, let's go hang with the pool," and you're like, "No, man, I don't want to go." Cross stitch. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, how, how much younger? I, I, I don't. I know. It's, so it would be nice to have that a conversation with them to see more, but I, I can't. I can't say that I think he's a jerk. Other than okay, he, she thought he was, but maybe she just wasn't having her uh, entertainment value, um, you know, goals met because he's a little slower. I, yeah, more of a homebody, and she's more of an outside person. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I think it's fine for him to go for him to say, "Look, if she's cheating on you on you in any regard, then yes, you have a problem. It's all yeah. right for you to be cautious." Yeah, yeah. Uh, what I won't render is anything beyond that, given the fact that I don't know anything else about you, uh, and it seems like you're missing key parts of what you told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Secular says it's time for joint counseling with new therapist for you and your wife. I can't think of a better way to drive her away than continuing to obsess about what she may be doing on these outings. It's hard to envision her carrying on flagrantly with a child in tow. The activities you describe seem distinctly family-oriented to me. It appears you still expect her to conform to your idea of how a married woman should behave, or you're having serious trust issues. More counseling for you may be in order if your marriage is going to last. No, I agree. He described a lot of family-oriented activities, of which none of these of which he's attending. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It would probably be hard for her to carry on a tour de fair at a family barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever. You just don't trust each other, and uh, the state of your relationship is innocuous. And, uh, yeah. I see. Actually, that's, maybe that's what you need right now. Is, uh, this, is, uh, uh, this is counselor time, or, or somebody who's not you two who can go, hey, uh, let's get, at least get, the, get all the stuff on the table. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I th- and we talked about that before. Like, it, it doesn't have to be someone who's going to give you any particular advice. You just need a third party who can, when you say something, go, hey, what you said didn't make any sense. Yeah. Or, no, shut up a minute. Let that person finish talking, and then you can go. Like, you just need a traffic cop for a bit so you can get all your stuff out on the, on the table. Yeah, because actually, when you, when you spit out the bull weasel in uh, three people in the room, it feels different. Like, what was you, that? You, what's that? Sorry. When you spit out the bull weasel? Yeah, when you're telling the lies <laughs> okay, or saying okay. something ridiculous. Okay, got it. And it's just you and your lady. you like, it passes, right? But then you say it with you, your lady, and then e- even one other even non- non-important person in the room. You're like, boy, that sounded dumb. Yeah, I shouldn't have said that. that. Can't, now everybody knows how dumb it is. Yeah. And so, like, even just by getting another person involved in the situation, I feel like some of these ridiculous things will come to an end. Yeah, I think that's right. Hey, you've been listening live from the path. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We really do appreciate it. If you got any feedback for us on the show, make sure to hit up that live from the path. Bob Eisenhower, Compate Line, 515-517-0085. Call or text. We would love to hear from you. Uh, any comments you got on the show? Also, hey, hey, listen to me. We're coming up on the 500 show. I need your help with something. I want you, I'm going to tell you what it is next week. But just, just be thinking about it. Say, Ben needs my help. And I'm ready to give it. That way, your mind is. You start praying it like Dan did. Yeah. Like your mind is pumped. You're ready to go. That way, when the when the when the request comes in, you're like, heck, man, I was I was I'm ready to give the farm away already. Yeah. Okay. So be be jazzed for that. We do have. Uh, I think we're maybe 15 episodes away from our 500th episode. So yeah, I'll uh, I'll let you know what I need from you next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to live from the path. <laughs>